your body doesn't want to be in pain, right? And many people also think they enter a state of pain and that's just how it is. And they just have to manage this, you know, over the long term, which is not the case. You're listening to the Quint's podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Anushka from Quint Fit. And on today's podcast, we're talking about the gut-brain connection and how gut health can possibly cause or perpetuate chronic pain. And I'm here joined with Dr. Mora, a doctor of naturopathy and holistic medicine based in New York, who's here to speak to us about this connection and how dietary changes can possibly help relieve pain. First of all, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Mora. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. To begin with, can you briefly explain what the gut-brain axis is and how gut health can possibly impact one's brain's functioning? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the you know this this concept of the gut-brain axis is is really exciting. There's so much you know, new research coming out, even on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's even as a, as a physician, almost hard, hard to keep up with all of it. This idea of the gut brain axis is uh, to kind of uh, simply explain it. You know, we have our, our brain in our gut, right? There's neurons, which are cells that are found in the brain and the central nervous system, which is the, the spine in the brain that tell our body how to behave, right? And so there are probably a hundred billion neurons in the human brain. Um, interestingly, interestingly, our gut actually contains about 500 million neurons. So, mm-hmm. and they're connected. The brain and the gut communicate through something called the vagus nerve, um, which is one of the biggest nerves. And, and it signals in both directions. And so what we're seeing is that there's constant communication going on between um, the brain and the gut. Now, when we think about um, our gut microbes and their role in that, that's where all this emerging information is coming from. So the neurotransmitters in, in our gut, which uh, govern that communication, um, are, are really have a huge, huge uh, role in, in producing the, you know, the, these said neurotransmitters. We're talking about you know, serotonin. Actually, uh, most of our serotonin is produced in the gut and actually you know, we see other neurotransmitters as well, GABA, which controls feelings of kind of fear and anxiety. We see um, dopamine too, right? Dopamine as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so it is sort of our second brain, right? That we, we really consider the, the gut our second brain, um, you know, and, the, and, it, and it's even more complex than that, you know, in our gut, we make something called short chain fatty acids, which are basically feed the, the health of the microbiome. And so when we see, there's studies that show that, you know, certain reductions in these, in these um, short chain fatty acids create more inflammation and that inflammatory kind of communication between the brain and the gut can be exacerbated. So, mm-hmm. so there's a bunch of different mechanisms by which, you know, the health of the microbiome, the health of these bacteria are going to keep that communication network happy and healthy and actually keep keep our brain healthy and all of all of these other things and symptoms that are going to be associated with that. Right. So does this mean a disruption in the gut health could also be a cause for pain? Absolutely. So when we say that there's pain in a certain part of the body, right, we always say, well, where is that? Where is that coming from? You know, if you have pain in your joints, is it is it really beginning in the joint um, or is it beginning somewhere else? So what I always talk to patients about is that when we talk about pain, it's very much immunomodulated, right? It's modulated by our, our immune system. And so 
70, if not probably 80, closer to 80% of our immune system does, does reside in the gut, right? Kind of always comes back to the gut. So when there's something, you know, what we consider a foreign invader in the gut, like an antigen, such as a bacteria or a virus or, or a food or an undigested food part, uh, uh, particle or something like that, our, our immune system will mount a response, right? So it creates these immune complexes, um, which kind of help to deal with what it's seeing as this invader in the body. So it deals with that. And then these immune complexes then circulate around the body and are deposited in various tissues. You know, and what I think a lot of people don't realize is that our largest organ in the body is actually skeletal muscle. So a lot of these immune complexes are then deposited in our, our skeletal muscle and our joints and um, our tendons and so forth. So, so we see very frequently that people with chronic joint pain, which they typically wouldn't associate with, with their gut are actually, you know, it's stemming from a, a gut origin, right? And so, and that's probably the tip of the iceberg in many ways. Right. So uh, once this connection has been established, how do you go about repairing it or, you know, find ways to treat this chronic pain? You, you know, there's probably multiple, you, you know, ways I could answer it. I mean, two big, you know, categories of pain. One I would say is, is migraine headaches. Let's, you know, mm -hmm. using that as an example. Um, you know, I have a lot of patients who come in on medications and, and so forth, which are not handling the symptoms. And so, you know, we cast a wide net and, and see what's going on in the gut and, 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 and also looking at food sensitivities. There's, there's a big correlation between um, celiac disease, and we see this in the research, celiac disease and migraine. And I even see it in my patients with um, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So one thing we'll look at is um, food sensitivities. You know, what, what foods are creating an issue? Can we remove those? And that, that is often a big, you know, factor in reducing pain of, of migraine. Um, so that's one thing, you know, we also look at intestinal permeability, you know, uh, aspect. Is there any compromise in the gut immune barrier, what we would call a leaky gut? And again, that's, that's very much um, correlated with increased pains because when we say the immune system of our gut, it resides in the, the lining of the gut. And so that's where if you have permeability or um, any kind of damage or anything that's creating a problem there, you're going to have increased inflammation. You know, fibromyalgia is another good example of something that really you can kind of put into this way of looking at pain. You know, fibromyalgia is interesting. There's data coming out probably in the last few years that show that people with fibromyalgia have about have, have a very different microbiome. They have very different species of bacteria in their gut than people who don't. Um, and, and so, you know, we, you know, as, as, as naturopathic doctors, we'll look at, look at the microbiome, we'll look at the bacteria that are there. We can do that with, um, you know, stool testing and different kinds of um, lab evaluations to see, is there imbalance there? And is there imbalance that's going to be, be leading to inflammation and, you know, gut permeability and so forth. And then, then we, we, we can actually alter that, right? We can, you know, remove the bacteria that we, we don't want, you know, um, use therapies to, to put in good bacteria. It's kind of like a, a garden, right? It's, it's very responsive, you know, but we have to, you know, find, find out what's there first so that we can kind of appropriately, like, you know, kind of clean it up and reseed it and, and get it functioning. And uh, again, as with any chronic uh, disease or problem or pain situation, it's multi, th those are always multifactorial, but I would say the gut is, 
is always, always, always foundational. So we spoke about migraines and fibromyalgia. So I'm just wondering, are there specific foods that could worsen specific types of chronic pain or types of food that you would recommend cutting out if you have a certain type of pain? Say you have fibromyalgia, for instance. Um, are there any specific dietary changes that could help? Yes, absolutely. Um, because, you know, again, food, I, I always say, is either going to act as medicine in the gut, it's going to have a neutral effect, or it's, it's going to have a negative inflammatory effect. So, um, you know, especially in people with, with fibromyalgia, they're, they're much more sensitive, they're much more pain sensitive, probably because of this alteration in their neurotransmitter levels, you know, which help to kind of you know, manage pain perception, same with migraines. So, um, so there's certain foods for, for sure that we re recommend cutting out, especially if we see things like that leaky gut issue. So refined carbohydrates, especially wheat, you know, wheat and gluten are probably the, the first to go in many ways. Um, you know, unfortunately for, for many people who really rely on that as a big part of their um, diet, but we do find that the removal of that creates a huge, uh, you know, uh, effect in pain reduction and, and, you know, symptoms that go along with that, like brain fog, uh, headaches, fatigue. So that would be one, one, one big, big, big food. I, I tend to, um, have people remove sugar is another one. Um, sugar is, is definitely tied to, uh, fibromyalgia like pain. Um, and, is, is, is probably going to also affect the integrity of the gut lining. So, so that's one thing we do cut out typically, um, you know, and then there's all of the processed foods, um, foods that are kind of laden with, you know, pesticides and so forth. We, we encourage people to, to kind of pursue organic food as much as possible. And that can be healthy, um, fermented foods, also fermented foods like, you know, yogurts and, um, you know, fermented vegetables are very helpful with feeding the microbiome, right? So there's things we can take out and there's, a, you know, the good things that we can also um, put in. So, so those are the big things. You know, the other thing I will say about fibromyalgia in particular is that a lot of people with fibromyalgia also have irritable bowel syndrome. You know, they have those kind of dual, dual diagnoses. And so irritable bowel syndrome is, if, if you treat it correctly, will really reduce not only the, the gut symptoms in people with fibromyalgia, but it will help um, the, their kind of kind of overall uh, pain, you know, threshold and so forth. So, so when we treat fibromyalgia, oftentimes we'll remove certain foods, things like lactose, they're in milk and dairy, certain types of high fructose foods, um, you know, certain grains and so forth. So those are the big things. Alcohol too, you know, alcohol is one thing very much that can cause people with fibro symptoms to flare. So, and again, you know, alcohol is, is one of these foods, I guess you put it in that category, which really aggravate the lining of the gut. And again, so we mm -hmm. see a lot of immune aggravation coming along with that. So it's kind of about an elimination diet to, to some extent. Um, with with migraine, you know, I would say, you know, dairy is probably one of the big associated foods, um, gluten, sugar, there's a certain category of foods called tyramine foods, which, which can aggravate it, the migraine as well. And then people who are on a lot of um, chronic NSAIDs, you know, which are like your Advil, you know, Aleve, ibuprofen, those have, have been correlated profoundly with causing um, gut permeability. So if you're somebody who's 
who's, who's in a lot of pain and taking NSAIDs, you know, daily, that would be something to, to try to reduce or eliminate and find, you know, non-NSAID, you know, you know, ways of managing pain. With pain, you know, to tie it to what we're talking to today, there's, there's the kind of overarching um, mm-hmm. diets that we think of, but then, you know, then comes in the concept of bioindividuality. Everybody is different. You know, everybody, every patient of mine who, who comes in with fibromyalgia or migraines is going to be different from the next. So it, so it is, it is a little bit different. That's why we like to, you know, say here, here are the broad foods <clears throat> we know that removing will likely reduce, you know, your pain and reduce your symptoms. But then we really have to kind of look at the person individually and see what's going on there. Because again, from a, from a causal perspective, what's creating the problem is, is going to be different and the treatment therefore is going to be different. Yeah, and I'm sure people who live in pain would love to be off painkillers and find alternative ways of pain management that are just as efficient. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about these alternative forms of pain management Mm -hmm. and lifestyle changes that can possibly help relieve pain? Sure. So, you know, I would say one of the big things managing chronic pain without medication is not just stopping your medication without it, without replacing it with something. You know, as I said, I always encourage people to find, you know, natural ways of dealing with pain. As I said, there's many, many great natural anti-inflammatories out there. And, and you know, talking to a naturopathic doctor or talking to an integrative doctor will help um, help you kind of transition off of those. And again, just to underscore, looking at the whole body, you know, looking at sleep, making sure you're sleeping enough, making sure, you know, your stress isn't extremely high, making sure you're actually, you know, moving your body a little bit. A lot of people with chronic pain <clears throat> tend to not walk or not exercise or not, not do anything because they're in that pain when actually, you know, moving and, and doing some mild, mild exercise can be really helpful. Um, you know, using a good, strong, you know, nutraceutical grade probiotic um, can very much help with decreasing inflammation and restoring um, the immune function of the, of the gut lining. One thing I talk a lot about with patients is relaxation, right? So when, when, you know, going back to that gut brain connection, when our brain is in what we call sympathetic overload, that fight or flight, right? That, that sort of anxiety state all the time, it's going to disrupt that communication between the gut and and the brain through the vagus nerve. And so, so you want to move out of that fight or flight into kind of what we call rest and relax, the parasympathetic side of the, the nervous system. And so things that help with that, right? Things are going to help to relax the body, yoga, meditation, <clears throat> sleeping enough, you know, sleeping seven to nine hours, you know, that deep breathing, that belly breathing, um, I talk a lot about with patients as well. And lastly, hydration. And then one of the things I would say that I see in a lot of people with pain issues is that they're very dehydrated. It's one of the things that we don't, you know, think about yeah. as much, you know, but, but drinking, you know, I, I spoke to a patient yesterday and, and I think he had, you know, drank like two glasses of water a day. And, you know, we, you need to definitely hydrate to what your body's needs are, especially if you're drinking a lot of, of caffeine and so forth. So without a doubt, when your body doesn't feel like it's in the right place, there's, there's something out of balance. There's something that's identifiable and something that's, that's treatable ultimately. You know, your body doesn't want to be in pain, right? And many people also think that they enter a state of pain and that's just how it is. And they just have to manage this, you know, over the long term, which is not the case.
Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 